Welcome one and all to episode 146 of the original Draft Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, we have a very special guest with us tonight to uh, get us ready for the 2022 NFL Combine. Emery Hunt of, well, everywhere, but right now mostly working with CBS Sports. Emery, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fine, guys. As always, I appreciate you bringing me on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Emery. It's been uh, it's been almost a year since we had you on after we came back. So uh, we know you're at the uh, NFL Combine this week. Thanks for making some time, cutting some time out to hang out, out with us and uh, talk. So we're, we're going to go over a couple of like stories that came out today, mostly about guys who aren't going to be at the Combine. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about who um, – we're mostly talking skill players tonight, um, which one's – will benefit the most from the combine process this week. And then we'll do some rapid fire with Emery with some thoughts on some specific prospects that have been in the news lately, or at least have been debated on Twitter. So <clears throat> to start out, we know we just found out today that Matt Corral is not going to throw. He's not going to work out at the combine. I'm not even sure. He might be skipping the whole thing. But I know that he's still working his way back from a high ankle sprain. So that's um, pretty significant news because Corral was really the only of the, quote, top quarterbacks who was not at the Senior Bowl this year. I don't think he was eligible. And so this was kind of benchmarked for, like, when he was going to have his time to shine. And that's going to be pushed back now to the pro day. That high ankle sprain still bothering him. We know he got dinged up all – during the season because uh, Lane Kiffin used him like a fullback. So is this a, a big deal for Corral or is this just kind of we're still in the holding pattern? You know, I think we're still in the holding pattern uh, because, you know, he, he got hit, he got hurt late. Um, but, and, uh, you, you know, those high ankle sprains tend to take a little bit longer to uh, get well. But for him, Based off his track record, you like, man, another, you just like sense himself another injury. And this is why, you know, you have some questions about his durability. Uh, one, he's a reckless runner. And two, you know, he found himself with a high ankle sprain, you know, to no fault of his own, um, just a freak injury. But this is not the type of momentum you want to build uh, going into uh, what people are looking at. Is, is a quote unquote weak class, but then they'll you know they look at Matt Corral and say, "Oh, he'd be he'd be the you know QB one," but you know this is not a good momentum for him. You're right. He's, he's just kind of falling into the background right now of this class because those Senior Bowl, it's already kind of a muddy, uh, you know, the the waters are already muddy about this class. People can't really make up their mind. Some some. Mock drafts, you have quarterbacks going in the top five. Others, you have them falling now out of the top 15. So, uh, yeah, I think the other thing was uh, people were looking for Corral's measurements. And I think he's going to come in kind of small. I think he's going to be sub 6'2". They listed him, I think, at 205. So if he's 205, 210, I mean, that's pretty small for a starting NFL quarterback too. Uh, And all of that information we're going to have to wait on. And um, the other thing, this would have been a venue where even if he was came in on the short side or the small side, he 
flashed some athleticism this year. This seems like it would have been an opportunity for him to have that on display. And now, I mean, it has to be a question of whether or not he'll test at all because the focus at the pro day is going to be all on the throwing. Right, and that's and that's my biggest thing, you know. And the the funny part is when you just look at him, he looks like he's about six one one ninety. So anything that, that they have listed, you already take it with a grain of salt because he just doesn't physically look like a guy that's six two two oh five or something like that. He he looks like he looks like a you know a, a a guy that plays quarterback in a movie. You know, like he just doesn't fit out, <laughs> fill out his uniform. <laughs> so I'm interested in what he, what he measures in as. One of the other guys that's struggled with getting back is Derek Stingley Jr. And, I mean, this guy came in as kind of the guy coming into the year as at corner, uh, battled the injury most of the season, um, and, and now that Liz Franck is going to keep him out until they're saying April 6th. Um, are we, I mean, cause he was a certified freak coming into LSU showed it his freshman year, but he's been really quiet since then. Is it, is there starting to be concern about him or do you just, this guy's a freak. As long as he's healthy, like you take him and you and you laugh your way to the bank. I think it's more the latter. You know, when we've seen him healthy, we've seen him be a difference maker. Uh, the problem is, you know, I don't know enough about this Frank, but I know when people have it or get it, it seems to be an issue. Um, and if you're a guy that that relies on you're playing that position. Or any position in football, really, it's, it, that's going to be tough. But you know, we have tape of him doing his doing his thing at his at full strength, and you wonder um, what we saw this year was that because of the injury, and you know, how much of that affected his play. Uh, and it's, it's weird because this year was so bad for LSU. Uh, you know you kind of forget that Stingley was a really good player coming into the season. And, and there was talks of him probably playing wide receiver too. You know, so this, for him to be ready April 6th, I would doubt he even runs or works out on that day too. That's interesting because um, they are, like his camp is saying that he's close. But I, I get what you're saying, too, because you're talking about a month, one month away for a really significant injury and then the risk involved for re-injury or some kind of other lower body related injury that could crop up. You could pull, you know, when, when we see these lower body injuries, you often see a muscle pull or something arise from that. And then you have another setback. So... um he might maybe he only does the position drills, but the thing is, you already have some verified athletic testing on him. It goes back to high school, but it was still from from the opening. So you can we've talked about on this show many times how that that kind of translates. And when you're already a freak, you don't stop being one usually. Uh, so, well, so so Stingley, well, I, I think. 
I would say this, like, I, I, I haven't seen him, you know, fall a ton, but if he was available at 23 for the Cardinals, like, that's one of those, you know, where you, you, the cliche of run to the podium, right? Like, yeah. this, this dude was such, I mean, he, he was literally being talked about as the best prospect since Patrick Peterson at corner. Yeah. Um, and I think you got a guy who had six picks as a, as a true freshman, Who's already a certified athletic freak? He's got good size for a cornerback. Um, a lot of times, what happens, especially what did you have in 2020? You have the COVID year, all kinds of uncertainty going into that season. 2021, you have the injury. I don't think he's faded as a prospect as much as some people kind of make it out to be. The the thing is, when he's not on the field, you can't really know that for sure. Yeah, and that's the thing I learned a lot from you guys, like, you know, how to factor in injuries or making sure you factor in. It's not just brushing over like, oh, yeah, well, you know, he'll be healthy. It's just, you know, whatever. He'll be fine. Next year, he'll be ready to go. And then we see guys struggle with injuries consistently, man. It's just you hope this is a one-off. Um, if I was him, I, I have, you know, two years of tape already. There's no need for me to work out here and, and like you said, Justin, risk re-injury just a couple of weeks away from the draft. So, nah, secure the bag. You know, I would at this pro day, like, provide, like, chairs for everybody to sit down so they could watch your film on a Jumbotron. <laughs> that's what I would do. Throw that freshman tape on. Um, exactly. So, another guy that we found out today that's not going to work out at the Combine and is going to wait for his pro day is the only one of the three that is not making this decision based on an injury. And that's Alabama offensive lineman Evan Neal. And I find this one curious because on this show all season, I've been even going back to the summer when we did the SEC preview, maybe even going back to the uh, when we talked about the way too early uh, mock drafts back in May. I've been cautioning that I think he's not going to test as well as some people think, you know, because he was on, he was like number one on Bruce Feldman's freak list, but he doesn't have, uh, the verified testing that he had coming out of high school was not freakish. We've all seen the box jumps, the box jump video. That's very athletic looking. Um, however, I'm not sure that it's going to translate to testing, athletic testing scores, right? So, I find this decision curious. It seems like a dodge to me. and But from Neil's standpoint, he's been slotted in as high as number one, as probably as low as like top five for months now. I don't think he has anything to gain from, you know, possible exposure at the combine. This allows him to push it back to Alabama and just do some positional workouts on his home turf and call it a year. I, I mean, I think he's he's playing it well, but I'm a little suspicious of why he's doing this. Ah, the power of the mock drafts. You know, you got guys going in the top five. Sometimes he goes number one overall. Sometimes number three. Um, sometimes he's can't miss. Sometimes he's a future Hall of Famer. And, you know, percep perception becomes reality. And for him, like you said, it, he's in a catbird seat. If the talk around me is that I'm going to be in the top five, 
anything I do out here is going to knock me out of the top five. So why would I even subject myself to? I know I'm not going to be the fastest lineman. I know I'm not going to, you know, you know, run around the, the, the bags or get up off the ground and shuffle left, shuffle right, and sprint. Like, that's not my game. So all I'm doing is interviews, checking boxes medically, uh, meeting with teams, and, and calling it a, a um, you know, a draft cycle and just wait. And like you said, you get to Alabama, familiar territory, you get extra week or so of work on whatever you're trying to, I don't want to say hide, but whatever you're trying to conceal, and um, just go with your pro day. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think Neil is going to be a, a fine, um, I, I mean, I think he can play offensive tackle, but the athleticism is going to look more like right tackle or guard, right? And he's being talked about as a left tackle. Well, you want to have an opportunity to be tried out there first. You want to have that opportunity based on your play in college. And I think, you know, a guy like Neil, he's not going to be Orlando Brown, right? He's not going to test that poorly. But I think you saw kind of what happened to Orlando Brown in that draft cycle that caused him to fall to the third round. Now, he's way outplayed his his draft slot, but he saw what happened. I think maybe his team and, and – uh, he himself made a decision that we're going to, you know, we like you said, he's in the catbird seat. What, what does he have to do? Who's going to go out there and have a combine like Trent Williams and, and leapfrog him where he's sitting? He's either offensive lineman one or two, depending on who you talk to, uh, behind, he's either one or behind Equano. So uh, just forget about it. It's it's also odd for a uh, Alabama guy, right, to not be the athletic guy or, or, or you know, kind of take it head on. Like, usually they're banged up. Usually they're you know they're they're nicked up or they're getting surgery or you know because they go through that meat grinder at Bama. So for Neil to be as long as far as we know, healthy, um, and and to kind of opt out and be like, I'll do this at the pro day. I think Emory's right though. Like when when you're being touted as a lock for a top ten pick, the only thing you can do at this point is kind of hurt yourself, right? Like like if you test like Orlando Brown Jr. or 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 something, teams are gonna. I don't know. I I mean we know the press and and how that goes. Um, so why even, why even give yourself a chance where it could happen? You know, they're going to say, watch the tape until a guy runs a five, five forty, and then it's going to be freak out time and he's going to go in the third round. So, I mean, spoiler, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth on the Patreon show this week. Uh, you can subscribe to that. It's two bucks a month to get that bonus episode. We did one last week. We uh, posted it on the iTunes so that everybody could get a, get a listen to it. So if you like that, give us a subscription, two bucks a month for that. Um, that's what we call a segue. And now, or I think that's what we call a plug, actually. Let me right, get my terminology exactly. right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Emery, we always love your takes on the skill players. Um, you know, you, you always put out a great draft guide videos every year. And this skill player class is interesting because you've got a quarterback class that many people think is weak. 
you've got a running back class that's kind of unheralded, at least after the top three running backs. And then uh, you've got a receiver class that everybody loves again. So I want to ask you, first of all, which quarterback in this class is going to benefit most from this combine process? I mean, we know it's not going to be Matt Corral. So which which QB is it going to be that shines this week? Malik Willis. This is, this is tailor-made for a Malik Willis. He's going to be the fastest quarterback. So his 40 is probably going to be like 4-4, four, four, um, which will make people go, wow. You know, and then the, we know the arm. Can, he can go end zone to end zone with it like Josh Josh Allen. So, it, I mean, just off traits, it's going to be Malik Willis. And then when you get the reports, um, you know you know how these it's going to start leaking probably about Wednesday. Um, you know he's he's killing the interviews. You know, oh man, I, from what I heard, uh, you know he's he's sla- he's slaughtering the interviews. Teams love him. <laughs> Right, so the whole room ga- gravitates around him. <laughs> exactly, like, and I got I think, I think quarterbacks go on uh, either tomorrow, Tuesday, or Wednesday, and at the podium, it, this is all catered toward Malik Willis. I think he's going to have the killer combine. I think you're right. Um, I'm going to also add that I think this is going to be a good week for Kenny Pickett. Because I think he's going to test out more uh, better athletically than maybe some people realize. So I wanted to throw him out there because I've kind of been banging on him during the course of the year. We know he's going to be 24. He, we know he's two months older than Jalen Hurts and three months older than Mac Jones. But I think he's going to run in the four sixes. He's, he's a very athletic guy. And I think he's going to test well. And the thing is, like... What's that? No, I was going. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I was going to say, you know, here's my here's my take on Kenny Pickett, um, because I'm sick of it. <laughs> Kenny Pickett has been at Pitt forever. I've been to two Pitt games, um, and, and it's on Thursday night. Both were Thursday nights. Both times they played North Carolina. Both times I tweeted out, "Man, this this quarterback got a little juice with him. You know, he's, you know, he's not bad." Crickets. This year, he has video game numbers for Pitt, and all of a sudden, is nonstop talk about Kenny Pickett as if he just transferred in from Southwest, you know, Biloxi A and M out of nowhere. It's like, yo, where have you guys been? <laughs> they just scoring more touchdowns now. But he's been playing the same. Not saying he's playing like Dan Marino, but the, the Kenny Pickett talk this season has made me want to throw my laptop out the window at least five to six times. It's like, yo, no one has talked about this dude, this four-year starter for four years, but but today is Kenny Pickett day. That's what y'all want to talk about. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, too, like, I know you're – I don't want to spoil your draft guide because it's coming out, but I know you have, like, a measured take – on on Pickett, and that's based on your you know like you said on watching him for several years now and i think you're gonna find i think everyone's gonna find that i i do too but um everybody who loves him loves him 10 times more than we do or than we ever would and the thing is too like when i say this is going to help 
because the senior bowl didn't help him. It didn't really help anyone that much. We didn't get a big senior bowl bump for anybody. So here you got uh, people are going to be, well, okay. I didn't know Kenny Pickett could run a four, in the four sixes. Oh, I didn't know Kenny Pickett was athletic. And then, of course, he's going to be another guy where people are like, oh, I heard he's killing it in the interviews. So, yeah. And he's maybe finally going to get his hands measured and maybe he's going to, you know, have them stretched out by a yoga instructor or something. And it's going to be like magic. <laughs> it's like when Kyler Murray measured in at a perfect 5'10". Yeah. <laughs> it's like Bart Simpson when he was was trying out for the movie and he had to he came in wearing the platform shoes. <laughs> Seth, you want to take running backs? Yeah, who is uh, the running back that you think gets the the boost from this combine? Uh, Jay Sean Corbin, like that was an easy one for me. You know, this dude is—he reminds me so much of Kareem Hunt um, when he was coming out of uh, Toledo. His vision and his footwork is ridiculous, and it's it's. You know, watching these these prospects, grading these prospects, you know, in preparation for this draft guide, I'm I'm always amazed at the coaching decisions by a lot of these coaches. And I'm not knocking coaches, but you know, just like you you watch some of these prospects, and you sit there. Let's say, for instance, Corbin, he's like, "Oh wow, you know, that was a that was a hell of a run." Then you say that about four more times, you know, and you're like, "Well, why is he not the starter? Why isn't he getting?" 20 to 25 touches a game. You know, he had a 90-yard run against Notre Dame and didn't see the ball the rest of the game. It's like, you know, there was a wide receiver I watched where he's open all day. And I'm thinking, like, man, why are you not calling specific plays to target him as opposed to waiting on your, you know, clearly rattled quarterback to get through a full-field read to throw him the football, dudes is open all doggone day. Um, but I'm just amazed at like some of the personnel decisions. So when, so when you see some of our rankings, let's say for Corbin, you got to remember it's part evaluation of what he did at Florida State, and also part of where I I feel like his talent is uh, moving forward. So you know if 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 I have him, you know, because some people may say, well, he didn't start. A lot of games are played a lot at Florida State. How can you project him to be this? But watching him go, you know, watching him execute little, the little things of the position. So I, I'm excited to see him. I think, you know, here at the combine and the agility drills and the, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield, um, you know, doing the doing the vision thing with the footwork in the bag where they, you know, make you make a quick decision before you run into the coach. Those are going to look so good. And then people are going to go back and, and, you know, realize that this dude actually has skills, but just wasn't in a situation where they gave him the football. That's a, that's a really good one. Um, you know, I think uh, James Cook was a guy that came to my mind because we know he's going to have track speed and, He's an excellent receiving running back. Uh, he didn't end up playing in the Senior Bowl, so this is going to be people's first look at him since the uh, national championship game. So that was the guy I had in mind. Uh, Seth, did you have anybody in mind? Not at not at running back because the guy that I had just 
kind of gotten turned on to by a couple people was actually Corbin. Um, nice. I, I hadn't really, uh, heard of him. So, and, or heard much about him. Um, and his name's come up on my side a couple times. And so I, I was like, well, maybe I need to see who this kid is. And, and that's so funny that you brought him up, Emery, because, yeah, like I just actually watched some highlights of him the other day. So, <laughs> and the rule of highlights is if the guy, if you watch a guy's highlights and the highlights aren't any good, just don't, don't kill yourself, uh, breaking down looking, his film. Yeah, yeah looking you know for I mean? the good. <laughs> but if the highlights are popping, then go back, watch some games, see what you can find out about that guy. Anyway, um, Let's do receiver, Emery. Who's the receiver that's going to bust out this week? George Pickens. And listen, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a George Pickens guy. Uh, if, if you're a receiver, first of all, if you're a receiver and you die for, for, for balls like Terry Glenn, the late great Terry Glenn, and Desmond Howard, like I'm all I'm all for it. I'm drafting you sight unseen. Like, you said Terry. I'm, you had me at Terry Glenn. <laughs> I like that type of effort, man. And Pickens had you, and I say this a lot every draft cycle. Um, you know, you can just tell who played a lot of football growing up. You know, just the little small nuances of of playing a position or just playing the game. Um, dude is smart. He's aggressive, and I think you know, being in the situation where people get to see more of him running routes, and uh, I think you're gonna get that. Click that clean bill of health, and he's gonna he's gonna wow people at the podium in terms of his personality. So people are gonna gravitate toward him uh, to use that. But I think on the on the field, you know, I think he's gonna run faster than what people think. I, I think he's a four four guy, and um, I think people will be shocked by that. Shocked with uh, his personality and also him doing the drills where he's catching everything and he's going to be in, he's going to be in really good shape too. Yeah, Pickens is a, he's a tough guy and uh, if you watch that uh I think it was in the National Championship game where he had, he only had one catch but it was a diving 52-yard catch and it was textbook the way you make that play, the way he hauled it in. Yeah, I mean, he rolled over, didn't let the ball touch the ground. It was perfect. And he um, not, and this 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 is why I love that catch because it, it wasn't the fact that he rolled over, because um, and that's why I tweeted out what I did like man that was a hell of a lot of nuance because he's coming off the knee injury, and he, he could have taken that third step, but that would have put a lot of uh, force on that knee and his hip, so he took the one two. And you know he could have took the three and then fell, but at that after that second step, that's when he had just the innate wherewithal to tuck and fall over, to not take that third step, and that right there is something that um, you you like to see because that's a, a guy that understands how to protect himself, so you don't end up like Matt Corral. Now you you brought up Terry Glenn, like you said, the late great Terry Glenn. So I. I grew up in Columbus. I went to Ohio State, and I've heard a lot of stories about Terry Glenn, and I'm not going to share many of them. But one that I will share is one night we went to, um, and anybody familiar with Columbus might know this, the Columbus Bowling Palace. And uh, that 
particular evening, Terry Glenn was trying to park his motorcycle in the vestibule of the Columbus Bowling Palace. They won't even let Terry Glenn do that in Columbus. So just thought I'd share that one. Seth, you want to kick off the rapid fire? Yeah, real quick. The wide receiver I'm looking forward to is Alec Pierce. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because I think people are going to be shocked by his um, vertical because he's a volleyball player, right? So He's supposed to have a 40-inch vert. So, yeah, I think people are going to be like, holy crap. <laughs> so, um, Emery, let's, Emery, let's get these in for you, and then we'll get you out of here. We just want your thoughts on a couple guys uh, that seem to be super polarizing in the draft community, and, and we, we prefer your takes. Uh, let's start with uh, Drake London of USC. I like Drake London. Like I, I don't care. This There's always a new metric that comes out every year. I'm excited for every draft class. There's always a new metric. And this, year's <laughs> <draft> metric <laughs> this year's metric is that he's too tall to be successful. He's, so, he's too tall and skinny, right? He's too tall and skinny to be successful. I'm like, man, like, okay, that that's something I've never heard that before ever. So that that's a new one. But I think this dude is tremendous, man. And the fact that you watch USC play, USC doesn't waste no time getting him the football. Like they are being coached the right way. Like, hey, man, like this is our best receiver. We are marginal everywhere else. Let's get our best guy the football every time we can we can get it. And so I, I'm a big fan of Drake London. I love him too. Um, but average depth of target. Um, yeah, like you said, they have to give him the ball because they don't have anybody. They didn't have anybody else this year, you know. So they're getting him the ball at all levels of the field. They're just getting the ball in the hands of their best player. Um, <laughs> so like funny, <laughs> crazy. Um, Desmond Ritter, give us your thoughts, please. Listen, Desmond Ritter. I'll give you my comp for Desmond Ritter. It's Marcus Mariota. You know, same temperament. You know, someone that is athletic, that's played a lot of games. I think he is like, he's your perfect bridge quarterback. So, like, if you are, like, if you have a team that's that's good and you need someone to not F it up, Desmond Ritter could be that guy. He could be the bus driver. You know, if you're the Giants, if you're Washington, you want to get a, a guy like that, you know, someone that can step in and and not – he played in championship games, played in the playoffs, better than the guys that they have running around on the center for both teams. He immediately stabilizes your your, your squad to where the, the talent that's around him can now take over. So if you have this great defense in Washington, if you have a Saquon Barkley and a very good defense with the Giants, and now you have a quarterback that's going to protect the football – Get you some cheap first downs with his legs. Not going to uh, put you in bad spots. You could then win some games kind of like how Philly did this year. So I, I, I like Desmond Ritter. I, I wouldn't take him. I don't think he's a first-round talent that you can that he'll go out and win you games. But I also feel like he's someone that won't lose you games, kind of like Marcus Mariota. I like that. I, I, I do actually like that. Let's get your take on the Ohio State rivalry Chris Olave versus Garrett Wilson here's the thing like I, I watched the fights going on Twitter and I'm like y'all do realize you can have both on the field at the same time because you know you tend to have more than one receiver out there um, especially when receivers 
like Olave and Wilson bring a little bit of something different to the table. So it's not like you have two of the same guys out there. You know, so you have guys that could do uh, a lot of different things. I think Olave is much more polished. Wilson is much more gritty in terms of it's. Let's say you look at a Odell Beckham Jarvis Landry type duo, where both are good, but both bring something different to the table. I think Wilson could, you know, he could be a flanker. He could be a slot guy. You know, he could be that that inside quote unquote F receiver, which is like that tight split uh, on the line of scrimmage, kind of like a split in, but just a little bit inside because he's good blocking in the run game. So he does a little bit more, but a lobby is someone that can get deep, a little bit more polish, got more nuance, um, more awareness. Um, so I think both guys are really good. But like Emery said, I mean, we learned something new, new metrics every every draft. And this draft, you can only like one receiver from each college team. So, like, you can only like Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. You cannot like both. That's that's a rule. So, you can never like both of them. Uh, let, let's finish it up with Kenneth Walker. You know what, man? You know, I don't want to be like the, you know, RB masterminds, right? But, you know, when, when, you, when you look at someone like Kenneth Walker – and, and you, you appreciate the game. You're like, all right, it's, you, know, you got a little Frank Gore with him. But to me, he's kind of like Josh Jacobs. You know, he's he's a he's, he, he doesn't have that 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 explosive turnover. You know, he he runs well. He gets what's blocked, um, catches the ball well. You know, I just think that what you see is what you're gonna get. And you know, was, and if we look at Josh Jacobs' career. Not saying that, you know, minus the injuries, I just feel like Walker is kind of the same type, like a good back, but I feel like people are talking about him as a great back. I, I like that, actually. I like that a lot um, because I do feel like this was a, a class that it came in with, you know, Breesy Hall and, and um, Isaiah Spiller, and then – and then Walker had an insanely good year. Don't get me wrong. But where was his game those three years at Wake Forest? And now I'm not going to say you have to put up big numbers at Wake Forest because let's be honest, that, that Wake Forest program struggled. But, um, you know, we talk about it with receivers. We talk about it with pass rushers. Like one big year it can sometimes be a red flag in and of itself. Like it makes you go back and say, Hey, what was the problem before? And and I think the way you described it is perfect. Like he's going to get you the yards that are there, but he's not going to create yards or, or plays that aren't executed by the offense. Um, you know, he's not a, he's not a, a game breaker, so to speak. Interestingly enough, Walker did have a pretty Good percentage. He had 10% of his runs this year that were not red zone runs went for 20 plus yards. So that, that relative to the class, that's actually pretty good. <clears throat> but to Emery's point, it, and to your point, Seth, I don't think that was there on on uh, tape until he got to Michigan State. It's going to be really interesting to watch Michigan State next year because they've got Jalen Berger coming in from Wisconsin, and 
I think he's a more explosive, more athletic running back prospect. So will he able to be able to put that up uh, that same kind of production at MSU? That's going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, going to jump to the hot take. And this is one that Emery and I actually kind of discussed earlier today. And it's uh, we saw Thor... Nystrom from uh, NBC Sports Edge posted a mock draft and he posted Detroit drafting Malik Willis with the number two overall pick. Now, we have not seen that in any mock drafts to this point. I frankly would be very surprised if that happens. But uh, our good friend Jeff Risden, he's a friend uh, of all of ours, he was he came very strong against that pick. And in fact, one of his replies to the, to uh, Thor's tweet of the mock draft was uh, to say that Thor, he's taking a third round quarterback. He's just doing it at number two. And Thor uh, posted a screenshot of that and said, I'm saving this one. So Emery, <laughs> we love Jeff. We're, you know, he's a good buddy of mine. We've, tooled around uh, St. Pete back in the old Shrine Bowl days. But uh, that's a strong one, right? Uh, third round quarterback at number two. Yeah, that, that that's a real strong one. I, I saw Thor's mock, and, man, if, if – let's say if his mock went that way, the Eagles would make out like bandits with the uh, three defensive picks that they had. In round one, I think he got them coming away with Stingley, uh, Lloyd, and I want to say uh, either Jermaine Johnson or I think it's Jermaine Johnson. So, I mean, that would have been that's a home run for the Eagles. Um, but with the the strong take by the third round quarterback, to me, and I've said this since July, uh, Malik Willis would be the only quarterback that I would take in round one. Uh, because he has the, the traits, the work-withable traits. You know, they got the speed, the arm strength, the upside, all that good stuff. No one else really wows me from a traits perspective in that regard. And I understand why Thor probably took the dude second, because if you like the quarterback, why wait, right? And so, but... You know, here's the thing, because you don't want to, you don't ever want to game the draft, you know, because otherwise you miss out on the opportunity uh, to, to get good players, you know. So you, it always sounds good on paper that, oh, yeah, we'll just trade up from 24 to, you know, 10 and then take Malik Willis uh, with the second first round pick. You know, we'll just give the other team that, you know, the 24th pick. And his backup guard, and you know, we'll take Malik Willis at, at ten with our, you know, the trade up. Like, no, it don't work like that. So, but at worst, Malik Willis is a second round pick. He's better than quarterbacks that have gone outside of Jalen Hurts. Quarterbacks that have gone in the second round in the last what five years, maybe. Yeah, and I, I know part of Jeff's take too was that uh, Detroit fans in his estimation, didn't like when Trey Lance was was being um, mocked there in some early mock drafts last year. But he's also suggesting that, that Trey Lance is far more advanced behind or beyond where Malik Willis is. 
as a prospect. And I'm not really sure I agree with that either because, you know, you had Lance, he had a 2019 season where he averaged about 18 pass attempts per game. And then he didn't play at all in 2020. And then he went into the draft and becomes the number three overall pick. Whereas we saw Malik Willis come through, you know, uh, 2020, Liberty had a pretty dynamic season for that program. And then in 2021, you, you saw, in my opinion, a much more improved passer than what we had seen out of Willis in 2020. Uh, yes, we saw there were uh, some turnovers. You know, a lot. Of, uh, he had a few three interception games, which you know you don't want to have a few of those. But you still have a guy who looked more together in the pocket, stood in, and we know that offensive line was was just absolutely brutal and didn't afford him any protection in that offense. So I mean, I don't think Lance was more advanced than Malik Willis, and I'd go so far as to say I think Malik Willis as a passer looks better as a collegian than Hertz did in his final season at Oklahoma. And I liked Hertz as a second rounder. So uh, like you said, I, I agree Willis at worst is a, is a second round pick. Anything else, Emery, before we get you out of here, man, think we really appreciate you joining us tonight. I Listen, the guy that I think people are sleeping on, the running back, um, people are sleeping on, Zamir White. I feel like Zamir White is being slept on. Uh, I know he had the two ACLs coming out of high school, just real freak type things that happened to him. But, you know, if I'm a miss, I'm a miss on him uh, because I, I like the person, you know, and I, I just like his story and I, I like his attitude. And I, I do feel like he's going to be one of those guys that's going to go to a team uh, and just thrive uh, because he's splitting carries at Georgia. Um, and I, I just feel like Zamir White has pro game. And today, not today, but this week would be big for him showing, you know, what people want to see as far as like how can he catch the football because he, you know, it wasn't asked to do a lot of that at Georgia. But I think people are sleeping on Zamir White. That's a good one. He's a – he was what a former five-star recruit he's had the injuries but now he's a national champion um you know they call him zeus he's he's a fighter he's a good athlete he's a strong runner and uh, i think that's a good call and you know it all it all hangs it all hinges on those medical evaluations because those knees have you know it's been a trouble spot for him obviously so Emery, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll try not to wait a whole year before you have, we have you on again. Uh, so enjoy the combine. Have some of that shrimp cocktail or whatever at St. Elmo's and uh, tell everybody that you run into that we said hi. You got it. And I appreciate you guys always, man. I always am a loyal listener to hear you guys just have. And I listen all the way through because I like the ending to where it sounds like you guys are still talking. But I just, I enjoy you guys <laughs> all the time, like straight up. Real quick, Emery, before we let you go, just tell everybody where they can find you this week and, and you know, going forward. I know, I know you're a CBS sport, but tell them the other things that you're doing too. Oh, that's right. Um, 
They can pre-order my draft guide at footballgameplan.com slash 2022draftguide. And, you know, it's the best draft guide out there. I'm not saying that because I, I wrote every scout report in it. I'm saying it because it gives you exactly what you need, the stuff that you really need. You don't need to know about all this other stuff that everybody else has in their draft, having a draft guide. This one gives you bullet points, ratings, and you can move on about your day. And so this year, we're probably going to have like 800 players in it. Um, I'm excited about it uh, because we know these. this is more so than the 200 and whatever that's going to get drafted. This is about training camp rosters, preseason rosters, uh, USFL rosters. Um, so it's, it's a scouting guide of all the players that I've watched. So I'm excited about it as always. I'm glad I started to put this thing in a in a you know reader format for people to, to consume um, in addition to the videos. But they can also catch me on CBS Sports HQ this week. Uh, every suit is going to be outstanding. Um, <laughs> always. Oh, you, know, you know, just got to I got to do it up. You know, the you know the people are watching. So. You know, if you stream CBS Sports at East Q, we always have a fun time. Um, I'll be up there, I think, with Ryan Wilson, Pete Frisco, uh, Scott Pioli, um, and a host other people, I believe. Brady Quinn will be up there one day, too. Uh, who's actually a pretty cool dude. Uh, Brady Quinn is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm excited about it. So I appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity to talk about it. And you can stream the CBS Sports HQ. You don't have to use your phone or your laptop. You can stream it on, you know, your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick, one of those devices, and get Emery on the big screen. I like to do that and tell my kids that uh, that's my friend there on TV, and they're fascinated by that. Funny story about that, what you just said, right? Because my homeboy, you know, I grew up with, he, uh, he called me one day. But I was in. I was um, about to hop on. I think HQ, and I didn't answer. And I said, "Oh, I got to call him back." But like you know, a couple of days passed, and I was like, "Oh shit, I ain't, I ain't call, I ain't call him back." So I called him back, just shoot the shoot the uh, shoot the breeze, and say you know, say what's up. He was like, "Man, you." He said, "You owe me." I was like, "What happened?" He said, "You know, I'm telling telling my son, and his son, I think, is like." nine or ten playing ball real good athlete you know killing the little league ranks down there in new orleans he's the man i'm telling my son you know uh he's he scrolled through my phone he saw a picture of you and he was like oh that's the you know that's um the news guy the guy you know the football guy and he was like yeah you that's my that's my homeboy that's my dog and he was like so i said man you don't know nobody famous man stop that and so <laughs> he was like what you talking about? That's you went by his mom's house. I brought you over there. I introduced you to him. He was like, "Man, you don't know him. That's that's somebody famous. Why are you lying?" He said, "All right, I'm gonna call him." He said, "So when I called you and you didn't pick up, you made me look like I was lying to my son." I was like, "I was like, damn, my bad." My daughter also called it the news. Too when she saw you, she said, "You have a friend on the news." Yeah, so hilarious. Kids are funny, man. <laughs> well, thank you as always, and we appreciate you being with us. Check Emory out. Check out his draft guide and get some great information for your team. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, come back later this week to check out our Patreon episode. Have a good night, everybody.
We need to do an outro at some point. Just something kind of... What I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five-star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's $2 a month for our bonus episodes, $4 a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That could be it right there. A read, yeah. That's it. (laughs) Exactly. 